Thank you, everyone. Good morning to Beacon Church. I am so glad you're here. You could have been anywhere, but you chose to be with us this morning. Who's had mince pies yet? Anyone? Yeah. Who's had too many? Okay, well, you can have some more after the service. That's fine. <laughs> I just want to thank Pastor Suja and Pastor Rashmi for this opportunity to share. It's such a privilege to be trusted to share God's word at this church. And can we just take a second to appreciate how well Pastor Suja from Rashmi lead this church for us? I am so expectant to share some thoughts with you of what God has been speaking to me about recently. Um, so the sermon I'll be talking about this morning is, Am I Walking in God's Plan for My Life? And this is something that God has definitely been speaking to me about the last year or so. So I want to share with you um, some things that he's been talking to me about. So who goes into a shop with a list of items? You're expecting to buy these, let's say, 10 items on a list, but you come out with these really random things that you didn't even like go into the shop for. Like, has anyone done that? Yeah. <laughs> so you went in that shop, right, with a plan. You went in with a um, list of items to share, um, a list of items to buy, but you came out, you made a choice to pick up those other items. Once you had those choices, you made a decision to pick up those items out of the shop. So there's not just one plan for our life when it comes to God or walking in God's plan. Um, but, and then if you're picking one plan, then you're being obedient. If the other one is not disobedient, no, that's not how it works. But God's plan is whatever you do in line with God's will. So God will always give us free will. He will always give us choices. But what's amazing is that he even knows our next step before we've even made it. So we are the ones that choose that next step, but God already knows what we've chosen before we've made that choice. God's plan is the continuous choice we make with God. So even if you make a decision that you know you shouldn't do, right? Like, you know it's something that you shouldn't have done. Like, he is going to meet you there because God's love for us is so big and so powerful that even when we make mistakes, he has the patience and the love to just wait for us, to, like, have his hand out there waiting for us to come back to him. So, Lord, I just want to open up this morning in prayer, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, um, just for the Holy Spirit in this room right now, Jesus, that as I share this word, that you will speak to everyone individually um, about what's happening in their lives, Jesus, that you will show their love. You'll show your love to them, Jesus, that you'll show your kindness and your joy to in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to start by reading Luke 1, verse 26 to 37. It says... In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give you the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, asked Mary, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your 
um, relative is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. So for those of you who don't know this story well or haven't heard it before, Mary is a virgin. She's walking in God's will for her life. And an angel came to tell her that she was going to give birth to the son of God, Jesus. So Mary was shocked at this, obviously, as an angel coming to speak to her. Um, but And she was kind of in disbelief at the start because she's like, this is such a, like, you know, like out there, like thing to say, like you're going to give birth to the son of God. So what Jesus did, what God did is that he already made a miracle in her relative's life, Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, she was old, she couldn't give birth to children, but she was in her sixth month. And this proved to Mary that God's promises will never fail. So if we go back to verse 28 and 29, Jesus leads by example. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So when I read this, I wondered what, like, why would Mary be so troubled at receiving a compliment, right? Like, like you, it's nice to have compliments, but if I was to put myself in Mary's shoes, like, one, there's an angel in my house telling me that I'm going to give birth to God, son of God. And two, the fact that she's calling me highly favored. Like, in this world, it's so normal to not receive compliments or to deflect them. And she was, like, she was in shock. Like, this angel, this amazing creature was telling her that she, a human, was highly favored. So... Mary wasn't expecting this. She didn't see herself as highly favored. That shows her humility, though, that she, she didn't see herself as prideful, but she was humble. Her expectations of herself were low, but she was willing for God to use her for greater things. Like, the amazing thing about Jesus is that he does lead by example. Like, he didn't come to this earth on like a majestic horse or in gold and silver and, like, I don't know, like he could have he could have easily done that. He's the king of the world, but he came as a helpless baby. Like a baby can't protect themselves, like they can't feed themselves, clothe themselves. They are dependent on other people for all those things. Now, why would a king do that? He had a choice. Why why would he choose to do that? We are told throughout the Bible that we need to become more like Jesus. So I asked myself this question, like If I had the choice, if I was in heaven and I had the choice to come down to earth as a baby to be sacrificed for other people's sins, would I do it? Like, it doesn't sound very appealing to me. But why should I feel like I'm too good for that when the king of this world did that for you and me? It's so amazing to know that the king of the world loves us so much that he would would do that for us. He sacrificed everything so that we could spend eternity with him. He loved us so much that we're adopted. We're adopted children, but God sent his son, his blood, into this earth so that he could adopt us into his life. Jesus sacrificed his life for us so that we could be made pure in front of God, so that we could have relationship with him. He took our guilt and shame upon himself so that we could spend eternity in heaven. 
as humans, like, we can't understand the level of sacrifice that God did for this. Like, we, we, it's not normal for this world to, like, give up their own children for other people's sins. But even if we're the slightest bit like Jesus, then we will have purpose for our lives. And when we find that purpose, we can love people better. We can experience God's love for us. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but like Jesus is. He's the only perfect human that ever lived. And he was the only living sacrifice that could take away our sins. He willingly died on that cross for us so that we could be set free. Now let's praise God for the miracle and the sacrifice he's put in our lives. So if we read verse 35, it says, The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the definition of overshadow is to tower above or appear more important. To tower above or appear more important. God was using Mary for his glory. Jesus would be born through Mary using God's strength and power, not her own. God trusted Mary for this. It's so easy to, for Mary to have said, oh, like, hi, everyone. Like, I'm Mary. I'm, like, Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm his mother. Like, <laughs> it could have been so easy to take the pride and that, like, high position upon herself. But she was so humble that she pointed all that glory back to God. And she, like, God knew that she, like, she could trust her with that such high place of honor because she pointed all the glory back to him. Like, imagine what God could put in our lives if we were so humble, if we humbled ourselves before him. He would trust us with so much. He could give us so much because we would point all the glory back to him. Number two, the Holy Spirit is on our lives. Verse 35 says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. So this is different from the Holy Spirit being in you. When you get saved, when you like have Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit is in you. But Mary had the Holy Spirit on her. So how is this different? When the Holy Spirit is on you, it changes atmospheres. It's visible. It's something, it's something on you. It's on the outside. Like it's when when you walk into a room, people can like see, they can experience the Holy Spirit on you, and it's something that like you can't even describe. Like I want the Holy Spirit on my life. And you can receive this, you can receive the Holy Spirit on your life through a life of surrender. Lay down your life at Jesus' feet and allow him to move in your circumstances. If we let go of control, if we let go of like you know, wanting everything to be in a particular way. And the thing is, when we have control, we put God's blessings in a box. Like, we are human minds, that they're so small compared to God that when we, like, expect God to answer our prayers in a certain way or how he's going to move, then we're limiting what God can actually do. But when we let go of that control, when we let go of that, then we will see God move in our life that is far better than we could ever imagine. Like, I, I know that I've definitely had expectations on how God's going to answer my prayers. But when, when I let go of those and let go of control, like, he answered my prayers in ways I couldn't ever imagine that were far better than I could have ever thought. We're not humanly qualified, like, for things in our lives that God gives us. Like, 
When we throw away that box, when we let go of expectations, God will open up doors to things that we're not humanly qualified for. Like he will make mountains move. He will make marriages healed. He will, we will have job offers that we're not even humanly qualified for because the Holy Spirit is on us. We, we are marked by the Holy Spirit. When, when we're in that place of surrender, we will see God move. We will see like doors open up that aren't even like humanly like possible because, because we've let God actually do the work and we've stepped back. We've actually like, we've stepped back. Like God is the one doing the work. We're not doing the work. Lord, I just, I just pray over this church right now, Jesus, that you will remove those barriers and those like the the control that we have in our lives Jesus that we will see miracles happen that we aren't even expecting Jesus that you will move in ways that we can't even imagine Lord I pray that you will just you will like make barriers fall down that are preventing us from doing different things and we will see miracles in our life so I have a cake business and I thought that was going to be my passion forever. Like I started it a few years ago and I was like, yes, this is, this is, I'm good at this. I can do this forever. I can build my business. That's what I thought. But God told me one day that that wasn't the plan. Like that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't what he wanted me to do. And I, at first I was like so angry. I was like, God, like, what are you doing? Like you gave me this. You gave me like this passion and like this skill. Like why are you taking it away from me? But it wasn't until I surrendered that to God that I allowed him to work on my future plans that I would I would I saw like opportunities and doors open to me after I surrendered that that I never even imagined would happen before. Like I didn't realize the burden of doing something on my own until I actually released it and let God take control and that was when like amazing things happened like what's born in the spirit will be sustained by the spirit and when we start to take control for ourselves that's when it becomes hard work we need to surrender that to God we need to give it into the spirit because like we 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 can't do life on our own like life is hard enough as it is like when we want to have it our own control in that then it's going to be hard work but give it to God and everything will become so much easier in his presence. Number three, Jesus shows us mercy and forgiveness. God created each of us with a good plan and purpose for our life. He only wants good things for us. And like he is our provider, he's our father. Like when, like... (laughs) The thing is, when, when you have a good earthly father, then it's so easy to experience what God's love is because he's perceived as an earthly father. But if you haven't had a good relationship with your father on earth, then it might be harder for you to believe of what God's love actually looks like. Ask God for healing in this area. Like He's not going to let you go without like experiencing his love. But he wants to show you so much love that you can't even comprehend how much he has for you. You need to be open to receive this love, though. Like, God can give you all the love that he has, but without you being open to experience that and receive that love, then you're not going to feel it. But if you say, God, like, I give you my life, like, I want to experience your love, then that's all God needs to hear for him to move in your life and show you that love. 
God will continue to give us more and more chances to align ourselves with his will because he has so much mercy and grace and love and peace on our lives that it doesn't matter. Like we're, we're humans, we're, we're broken, but God can heal us. He can make us whole. Like the thing is, we, God can convict us of things and we could easily go against them, but that's not what conviction, convictions are designed to do. They're designed so that you can get closer with God. And when you do bad things, like, we, we have God's forgiveness, yes. But, like, would, if God loves you so much and you love God, then why would you want to do bad things um, that hurt God? Like, God sacrificed his life for us so that we could be made one with him like we should not take that in vain but think of who you are dealing with here like God is the God almighty and powerful king he's worthy of our fear and the closer the relationship you have with God the deeper your love is for him and the more of his love you experience and would you want to go against someone that you love so much like his love is unconditional therefore no matter how many times we mess up He will always be waiting for us to ask him for forgiveness and ask him to come back in his lives. We can trust God with all our life because verse 37 says, for no word from God will ever fail. When a miracle happens in our life, it doesn't just affect us, but it affects those around us. Like, our family and our friends are also affected. The miracle spreads. Even in Mary's story, Elizabeth was the one that had the miracle first. It wasn't Mary, but Elizabeth had a miracle, which then led to another miracle of Mary giving birth to Jesus. Uh, Look at all the miracles that Jesus did. It was like a snowball effect of miracle after miracle after miracle. But when God starts something, he will always finish. Is there a miracle in your life that you've been praying for recently, but you haven't seen the result yet? Like, don't give up. Continue to press in. On the side of one miracle is a bigger miracle. Because when when our faith increases from seeing a miracle happen, then we'll have more faith to pray out of, and we'll end up praying for bigger things and seeing bigger miracles happen. Don't limit your prayer life because your prayers... You're, you're limiting God with your prayers. When you pray small, God will answer small. When you pray big, God will answer big. So use that place of faith. Use that place of when you've seen God's goodness. From that place of faith, pray for something bigger. So if you have a miracle in your life, don't just be content with that. But actually use that place. Use that place of that miracle and pray out of that place for bigger miracles to happen. So when your faith increases, so does the size of the miracle. God is always faithful. When God speaks, it happens. Can we just take a second to appreciate how faithful our God is in this? So as I draw this morning to a close, I want to leave you with some final thoughts. Ask God what your next steps are. Like, he's not a God of confusion. He's not going to confuse you. But don't also expect him to give you a five-year plan of your life. Because where's the trust in that? If you already know the future, why would you need to trust in God? Why would you need to trust in the unknown if you already know the future? 
Your relationship with God is built on the faith of the unknown. But he will also reveal to you what you need to know in the right timing. So having trust, having trust in God and believing he has a good plan for your life is what will make you grow. So if you're not sure what to do next, if you're not sure that you've heard God, then go to the word. It's literally God's words through the whole book. Like it's it's a guidebook to life because every single thing in the Bible is God's words. So, but don't just read the words, but actually do what they say, act out the words because God sees our actions. He sees how we live out our life. Like he doesn't want us to like read one thing and then live out like another like thing. Like he wants us to live out the truth. He wants to live us out the word. In Luke 12:31 it says, "But seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well." God is a God of healing and miracles. So right now, I just want to pray for any, any healing that is needed in this room, any miracles that people haven't seen yet. I want to pray right now that Jesus will answer your miracles. He will answer your prayers. Lord, I pray for healing in this room right now, Jesus. Anyone experiencing mental illnesses, Lord, I pray that you remove them in Jesus' name. Anyone with physical um, muscle strains or um, broken bones, Jesus, that you'll heal them in Jesus' name. Anyone that has problem with their feet and their ankles, Lord, I pray that you'll heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the miracles. I pray for the miracles that people have been praying on. Financial breakthrough, Jesus, that you will give that to them in Jesus' name. Any barriers that are preventing that will be broken down in Jesus' name. pray for anyone that wants to give their life to Jesus. If you have heard anything this morning and your heart might be beating fast, you might be experiencing like in the surroundings something that you haven't experienced before and you want to choose Jesus, you want to choose a life of freedom and love, then this is your opportunity. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to forgive your sins, then accept Jesus into your heart. You will have eternity with him you have eternity in heaven and the time on this earth is only a drop in the ocean compared to what we have waiting for us in heaven so don't waste it but fill it with god's presence and his love your life could be so much easier when you surrender and give your life to god so if that's you right now if you feel like you want jesus in your life and you want to experience his love then repeat this prayer after me jesus I believe that you died and rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours. I want your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before the service ends, I just want everyone to stand up so I can pray a blessing over you. Lord, I thank you for everyone in this room right now, Jesus. No matter what the age is, Lord, I pray that you will break down the walls in their life, Jesus, and you will give them the miracles that they're after, Lord. I pray that they'll experience your love, they'll experience your family and your peace and your joy, Jesus, in their life. And I pray that they will also be able to share it to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you are able to, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to lift your hands for a blessing. And uh, we're going to pronounce that God blesses you 
today. Father, in the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may he make his face to shine upon you and may the gift of Jesus Christ be evident in your life. May every need of yours be met. May you finish this year well. May 2024 be the greatest year of your life. May all the promises of God come true in your life. If you have sickness in your body, be healed in Jesus' name. If you have a need in your home, let that need be met in Jesus' name. If you're struggling with mental health disorders and pains, may God be your comfort in Jesus' name. Every relational tension be healed in Jesus' name. May every God-given dream come true in Jesus' name. And may the blessing of God overtake you and your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. And may the goodness of God be your portion this Christmas time, this New Year time, and forevermore. And Beacon Church, let's shout a big amen and give thanks to Jesus this morning. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Fantastic!